0: We're your hosts, Lizzie Kondravi and Brooke Volker, and welcome to the All American Dream
1: Podcast. All right, so Lizzie, we're back from New Orleans. We just went to Alta. Ooh, it was a wild run, guys. And those of you who do not know, Alta is the American Land Title Association Conference. It's an annual conference. Um, and one of the things that we attended there was this Women in Leadership panel. Something we're really, obviously, both passionate about. And as I think most of our listeners will be passionate about, because what they said in this panel is that 70% of women in ti- or people in title are women and 67% of realtor realtors are women. (laughs) So that's a lot. Yeah. A ton of people within the industry are primarily women. Yeah. It's a large majority. And so there's a lot of ways where women do have opportunities for leadership, um, in this industry, in the real estate industry in general, but there's also ways that we still can improve and do better. All of us, women, men, current leaders, aspiring leaders, Former leaders, even. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that they talked about during the panel was what, like, what do we need? What do we got to know about women in leadership? Right? Yeah. Along with, um, I felt like encouraged.
0: I don't know if necessarily that's the right word, but like sticking up for yourself. 100%. And it's okay to do so. And I think there's, as women, is one of the pieces of what they talked about, is that we... Tend to be like, okay, well, we have a lot on our plate and we can't necessarily do it. And how it is all manageable. And to continue to, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but dive into yourself. Continue to believe in yourself in order to make things happen.
1: 100%. It's about being vocal about your accomplishments. Thank you. I'm like trying to think. And what you want out of your career. So I think it's really hard to, to be like, well, I don't really know what I want necessarily, you know? Um, And one of the things that I've learned as a young aspiring leader, I would say is listening to the Rachel Hollis podcast. I really, really love people love her or they hate her. You know, it's one of those things. Um, But writing one of her things is every morning she writes down her top 10, like biggest dreams. And we're talking like those crazy audacious dreams, like,
0: Every single morning she writes it? Every times? single
1: morning. So every single morning it's her top ten dreams and she writes them down like they've already happened. So she's like, I made a million I make a million dollars. I am an exceptional mother and wife. I am, you know, surrounded by all of my friends and family. I am, you know, the CEO of a successful brokerage. That's not what she says because she's not in the industry, but she writes them down like they already happened. So it's one of those things where it's like affirmations visualizing kind of your success manifesting that but also like being clear and specific about what you want because I have a great mentor in you Lizzie but let's just say I didn't have somebody like you you're not going to tell me what I should do with with my life that's up to me 100% nobody's going to tell you what to do so you need to figure out what you want and you need to go and be vocal about it and pursue it go after it another thing that you were saying too was like sharing your opinion So like, how do you feel like sharing your opinion as women can be challenging, Lizzie? Right
0: on the spot. (laughs) Um, Well, I think sometimes, and I've actually have had this in certain meetings, is that you do kind of feel uncomfortable about um, vocalizing your opinion because you don't want to be seen as – that not very nice word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like managing people or you don't want to be seen like, okay, well, she must be having a bad day or, and I don't know why women get, because like if a, a man does that, it is like, okay, well, that's authority and this is what it is. You know, what if a woman does it? It's very different. Um, and so I think it is important to, and I also think, and I'm going to rewind um, here a little bit, is that also we are told that we're emotional. Um, I guess it also depends on how you present the opinion. Um, but one of the things that they had encouraged us to do is to be able to obviously professionally, but is to stick up for what you believe in and share that opinion. Because what is honestly the worst thing that is going to happen?
1: And truthfully, if so, if you share your opinion and you're completely disrespected ab- about it, first of all, you have to be respectful when you voice your opinion, like you said. But if you're disrespected after you voice your opinion or you feel shot down or, you know, then that's not a good environment for you to be in. Yeah, what, Yep. what 100%. And so that's also something that you have to think about. You know, as leaders, you have to create a safe environment, but also you're never going to get to the next level being a leader if you don't also contribute to that safe environment. And maybe, like me, sharing my opinion at a meeting inspires, I don't know if inspires is the right word, but encourages somebody else sitting there to act, voice their opinion as well.
0: Well, of course. Like, if we're all at a meeting, or for example, and then if I say something, or someone else says something, I will feel even more more comfortable. It kind of takes it down a notch, right? And being like, okay, well, now I can. So she did it. So now I can do it, right? You know. So
1: share your opinion, guys. S- stick up for yourself. <laughs> One thing um, that they mentioned about like work-life balance because as we all know we've heard it time and time again like work-life balance doesn't exist it's all about like work-life harmony kind of so it's a, there are going to be times when your family demands more of you and there's gonna be times when your work demands more of you and it's how do you compromise to make the times how do you compromise to make sure everybody's happy
0: yeah I found this very this piece very interesting because they when it had a want when they said yeah there is no work-life balance I was like wait what do you mean There has to be Mm -hmm. like, you have to be able to do that. But when they had changed it into work-life harmony and of tips and tricks like now in this day and age, and it is so wonderful. And I always wonder how my mother did it without (laughs) this, but like there are apps of like, you know, going to order your groceries online to get them there. And is that not maybe, maybe you don't like grocery shopping, so that's great. Or maybe like that's a bummer because you really like to pick out that banana. Um, But you can utilize these tools to help you not feel like you are you know overwhelmed with not being able to get the things done at home.
1: Yeah. Pay people to make your problems go away is what one of the ladies yes. said. And it's so true because when you are home and you feel like you have to catch up all the things that you've been neglecting, that's not even the right word, but if you feel like you've been working too much so you don't have time to do these certain things at home, wouldn't you rather be spending that time at home than being more intentional? Well, and what is your,
0: like, time, What how much money is your time worth, as well as one of the things um, one of the women had mentioned is to be the most present on where you are. So to be at work, you have to be the most present of getting your job done and then being at home the most present and getting your job done. So if you're worried about mopping the floors or order, you know, getting the groceries, pay someone to do that for you.
1: Yeah. So that way you can be present at the kids soccer game and not be You know, then your time, when you are mindful, everything expands. Like, I feel like time slows down and anxiety dissipates because you're sitting there and you're enjoying watching your kid, let's say, have fun playing soccer instead of being like, oh my gosh, I have this email I have to respond to, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think what they basically said is... and. I, there's a lot on this, and we could do actually a full podcast on this. On like some people, like when they get home and at like eight o'clock, they put their phone away, they plug it in somewhere that they don't even have access, so they can't get to those emails. And some people say that that's never possible, and you have to be on
1: twenty four seven. I feel like that's a personal preference. You know, you can make your own decision, but to the real estate agents and loan officers out there. You have to be able to set boundaries with your clients to say you can, I am not able, you can't contact me after 9 p.m. Don't say it like that. But like, I'm sorry, like I am unavailable after 8 p.m. because that is like time that I spend with my family. I do not know a single person who would not, well, there's people out there, I guess. Who does not understand, though, that you're with your family at 9 o'clock at night on a Sunday, you know? And if they don't understand that, then, I mean, there's very special circumstances where I feel like you have to make yourself available. Right. But... I feel like, especially from the pandemic, people have learned to give people the grace and the space that they need. Yeah. I mean, don't you feel like you've been able to do that as well? To give other people? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, you know. It's like,
0: chill out. We're all in this together.
1: Yeah. So a couple exercises that I learned from the panel was one of the ladies said that she has. like she talks to the people that she mentors or whoever, and she asks them, what would you do if you weren't afraid? So what would you say at that meeting if you weren't afraid? What account would you pursue if you weren't afraid? What type of client would you go after if you weren't afraid? You know what I mean? How would you change your negotiation strategy if you weren't afraid? And I think that's a really cool exercise. We're going to do that after this podcast at our meeting. <laughs> Are we actually? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh, Lizzie, oh, put me on the spot. Can you give me a day to think about it? <laughs> no, but that is true, though, because that is something. It's like nobody also wants to think about what, are, what am I afraid of doing. Mm-hmm. What I'm afraid of doing is acknowledging that I'm afraid of doing things. I'm afraid of this podcast being videotaped. But we were all, <laughs> hey, push out of our comfort zone. Another thing is um, an exercise that she talked about was listing your goals out. <laughs> And then the opposite, okay, of this is kind of hard to explain, but listing your goals and then listing the actions that you're doing that are the opposite of achieving your goals, like that are like actively not helping you. Can you give an example? Let
0: me think about this. (laughs) Or an example that she may have shared.
1: I don't remember her sharing an example. Oh. I remember being like, did she just mumble that? I don't know, because she kind of like, spit it out. But well, I, it kind of resonated with me because I'm like, oh, yeah, we do things all the time to sabotage ourselves. For example, if my goal is to lose five pounds by Christmas and I had McDonald's breakfast this morning, <laughs> that is <laughs> an action that is a- absolutely the opposite of what's going to help me achieve my goal. And I think the
0: idea is, is when you write it down and you put it on a piece of paper and then you look at it, then you're like, OK, how does this make me feel? And then what am I going to do differently to make sure that doesn't happen again?
1: If your goal is to contact like 50 leads this week and
0: you you, spent time on scrolling through Instagram or Facebook instead of using that time to lead generate,
1: then that's the opposite of what's going to help you achieve your goal. Boom. We just did that together. Yeah. Teamwork. Here we go. Teamwork makes the dream work. Well, that's what I have for our panel. It wasn't long enough. I wanted them to dive deeper. I wish that they had a man on the panel because I think that there's a lot of, um, well, first of all, 40% of men, um, in the real estate industry are the, the 40% of broker's license are held by men. So, you know, that's also, I mean, it's not the majority, but it's still it's up there. It's not like it's a minor, you know, a large minority <sighs> that was, con- that contradicted itself kind of, but you know, there are a lot of really amazing men in our industry that make these decisions as well. And I think it's really interesting to hear their perspective about like,
0: maybe that's one of our next podcasts because Kevin Gartland was there. Yeah. So maybe we bring him in and get his opinion and thoughts
1: next time on the all American dream podcast.